Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Is anybody here for the first time today? All right. Welcome. 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 I told you for the for the month of August, we're going to be kind of shortening our services. So people that show up late today will miss half the message. So I'm glad you guys came on time and you're ready. Anybody ready for the word? I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to share what God has, 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 has kind of put in my spirit for these last couple of weeks. I'm excited. I want to I wanna start with a real simple prayer. I want to teach you a really simple prayer. And this is something, listen, I mean, you know, you do what you want to do, but I, this is something you can take with you and pray it yourselves. And, and I encourage you, as a matter of fact, I'll start with the challenge. My daily challenge to you is to pray this prayer every day. You ready? You don't have to write it down because it's so easy. Some of you are cool. You took out your, you were going to write it down. You don't got to write it down. It's so easy. You ready? As a matter of fact, you can repeat it after me. That's how quick it is. Watch this. Say, Lord, whatever you're up to today, let me be a part of it. Amen. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine, God, just wherever you're at, God, whatever you're up to this morning, let me be a part of it. God, wherever you're moving today at my job, wherever you're moving today in this train, let me be a part of it, God. Wherever you're doing something, let me be a part of it. Is that not a simple but powerful prayer? I dare you this week. I dare you. I triple dog dare you this week. To pray that prayer. God, wherever you're do it through me. Use me. Send me. Let me watch you do something today that only you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! That's, that's being light out in the dark world. Amen? All right. Let's amen and go home. You learned a prayer. That's all you need. I mean, that'll change. All right. I know. Let's move on. All right, last week, Lee and Josh, did did anybody here to catch that message last week from Lee and they dropped a timely word from the Lord titled American Idol, A-I-D-L-E, about the dangers of removing God or replacing God in our situations. And it was a warning against having idols set up in our lives. And it was a warning against being idols. In our walk with God. Amen. I just want to agree with that for a minute. I want to kind of agree with it. This is not the time for the body of Christ to be idle. Come on. You with me this morning? Stay with me. We're going to be out in a couple minutes. You have all Sunday to do everything you want to do. It's a beautiful day outside. But engage with me for a few minutes. Amen. Just like an hour and a half. Just real, real, you know, just a little while. This is not the time for the body of Christ to be idle. With all the darkness that's going on out in the world, this is not the time for us to be lazy. Have you been hearing the news? Have you been seeing what's going on? Did you hear about the whole Planned Parenthood thing? They've been exposed right now. There's a video out that exposed the top brass of Planned Parenthood. and, And in this video, they're discussing allegedly, I have to say that just, you know, they have to, they're discussing the selling of human body parts. Taken from aborted fetuses. And, and, and they are f- 
privately funded. So your tax dollars, we're paying for this. And, and so this was exposed some weeks back, and, and now they're saying it's a fraud. And it, this, this is what's happening. They're selling human. Listen, in Oklahoma, I don't know if you heard about that, there was a battle going on regarding removing the Ten Commandments monument from Oklahoma City, from their capital, right? And so I, I think we lost that battle. I think they, they got voted to remove it. But before that even happened, the Church of Satan, how I many you know there was the, there's, there's the Church of the Enemy? The church of Satan applied to erect a statue next to the Ten Commandments because they said, if you can talk about your God, we want to talk about our God. And so they erected this seven-foot statue of a man's body with a goat head, the, the Baphomet, sitting on a throne with two young children gazing up at him. A seven-foot statue. And so they've been petitioning to, to, to put that there. And in, all the while, as they're doing this, they're having parties. They, right, right now, that statue sits in Detroit. And they had this, this all-out crazy bash to celebrate this statue, where people were paying to take pictures sitting on Lucifer's lap. This, it's a dark... This is not the time for the church of God to be idle, Amen. It's not a time for us to be lazy. It's not the time. I, you know, I listen to a lot of messages, and I'm telling you, I've been so, I've been discouraged lately, man, because because we, we we need to to, to be light. I, I wrote this thing for you real quick. Check this out. It's not the time to preach messages full of clever motivation with no revelation or Holy Spirit manifestation. It's not the time to tell people what they want to hear, to preach political correctness out of fear, to scratch the itching ear, to avoid touchy topics just to keep people here. Even the world wants more than that. They're looking for something real. The lost are stepping into churches hungry and they're getting a little happy meal. With little fruit cut up in a little bag because there's no spiritual fruit to be had. The word of God has so much more. It tells us what God has already done and what he has in store. It's a double-edged sword. If you're bored, you're not living it. If it's still all about you, you're not hearing it. This started rhyming when I wrote it, so I'm dropping it. Lord, wherever you're doing something, let me be a part of it. Amen. But I'm not a rapper. It's idol smashing time, church. It's idol smashing time. It's Ephesians 6, 10 time. Let's put that scripture up. We're going to be all about this scripture. Ephesians 6, 10. Find it in your scriptures. Find it in your smartphone. Close Instagram. Close Facebook. Open the Bible app. It'll be the first time this week, I know. Find Ephesians 6, 10. Read it in any version that you like. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the devil's schemes. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, Say, therefore, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, 
Stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Somebody say amen. Before I left on vacation, I started talking to you about the armor of God. And, and this is something I believe we, we, we need this. this. This could be so equipping and so liberating. We need this today. There's life in this word today. See, the beauty of the gospel is that, what, that God gave us a relationship with him so, so that we can have access to him. We, we, we have full access. We've been given the right to be called sons of God. We can come boldly before the throne. We don't have to go to Mary. We don't have to pray to saints. We don't have to consult spirits. We can go right to God. We can say, Papi, I need you. I need you. I need some direction, Papi. Amen? God has already given us everything we need. But listen, if you're like me, when you heard this scripture, you can put that scripture back up for a minute. If, if you're like me, when you first heard this scripture... You had one of two reactions. The first reaction, either you pictured this little plastic chest plate with the little plastic helmet, with the cute little sword of the spirit, and you associated it with a little kid's illustration. And you said, that's so cute, but that's so corny. And so that was one. Or you had the totally opposite reaction. You, 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 when, when Paul says put on the whole armor of God so you're able to stand against the schemes of the devil, you thought for a minute, whoa, 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 that's hardcore. That's spiritual warfare. You, you say, whoa, that's on another level. That's for those people that want to be fighting demons and casting out spirits. That is not my level. I saw paranormal activity and I cried. Right? Like, I cried. I can't even watch The Exorcist. I, I cry at those movies. I get scared, right? And so you had the opposite reaction. You said, that is not for me. That, that is not, I'm not interested. Not me, no way. Call Miguel, call Gary, call the crazy Cuban from church. But don't get me involved. But I want you to know today, this scripture is for you. It's, it's scripture is real, and it's for you. It's not a little kid's illustration, and it's not a, a Demon Hunter album cover. It's for you. This scripture is for you. It's life, and we need to learn it, we need to walk it, and we need to be it. If you're going to call yourself a believer, tell somebody, stay on mission. Stay on mission. You ever, well, what's that movie with, um, with, with Mark Wahlberg? So, soul, Lone? What was it? Lone Survivor. One of my favorite movies, and I forgot the title. There's an awesome scene in that. I love movies like that. I love movies, you know, when like four guys go in to kill 4,000 people, you know, because you know, the sniper, it's a soldier thing in me. It's a man thing. You don't have to understand it. Don't, don't judge me. In this movie, listen, listen. My favorite scene in this movie, they're being attacked. And, and they're, they're, like the whole mountainside is full of enemies. When, when, they, when, they, when they take a look, the whole mountainside is full of enemies. They're four soldiers. And they're being shot at, and they're shooting, and they're sniping, and they're being sniped, and they're being hit, and they're being rocked. And then at one point, the two of them are next to a rock, and one guy gets, gets shot, and he, and he falls to the floor. And he says, you're all right. He says, I've been shot. He said, we've all been shot, but can you still fight? Oh, man. Somebody should have stood up for that one. 
We've all been shot, but can you still fight? I feel like that's an awesome picture of the body of Christ. We've all been hurt. We've all been uh, had issues. We've all been insulted. We've all been made to feel bad. We've all been uh, left out. We've all been whatever happened to you in any church that you've ever been in. I'm sorry. But can you still fight? Stay on mission. And so listen, that's why I didn't want to wait. Normally, we're not supposed to start, you know, everything in the book tells you that you don't start series in the middle of the summer. People are on vacation. People are in vacation mode. How many right now you already just, you got sandwiches in the truck? You're ready. Soon as a man, pow, you're in the beach. <coughs> Thank you because at least you came. Amen. Thank you because you thought it worthy to, to spend an hour and a half here before I go have the rest of my day in the sun. Thank you. Thank you for putting a priority on God this morning. So, so that's why I don't want to wait till September till everyone gets back from vacation and finally decides to come to church. Because, you know, when you skip for vacation, then you skip the extra week because it's the week after vacation. And then sometimes you skip the other week because, you know, oh, I got to get back in. And, and it's four weeks before you decide to start coming back to church. I said, you know what? I'm not going to wait for, for those people. It, it, I'm gonna, you know, if, if, if they want to hear it, download the videos. Everything's on, the, on, the, on, our, on our website. You can listen to them if you want to. This word is for you right now, right here, right now. Amen? It's just for you. It's for you right now, right here. For the rest of the month, I've challenged some of our preaching team to prepare to share on some of these pieces of armor in the full armor of God. So you're going to get a team just rocking you with the same things. Different pieces going in from a different aspect on the armor of God. In a series that we're calling Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Come on. That's where my, where my Call of Duty head's at. Call of Duty. Aye. That's good. I pose for that. Call of Duty. So let me set it up and let me give you some background because I only got 10 minutes left. So Paul wrote this letter, Ephesians. I'm going to give you a little background on where this came from. Paul wrote this letter, Ephesians, while he was in prison. And don't say, oh, wow, Paul's like me. No, Paul was in prison for preaching the gospel. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> Paul wasn't preaching for, he, wasn't, he didn't do anything dirty. He was preaching the truth and they didn't want to hear it. And they got angry at God, grumbling. And so Paul gets locked up. He's in prison. Now, instead of Paul being grumpy, instead of Paul being, God, I'm trying to do your work and you don't protect me and you don't, and you let this happen. Why you let me get arrested? Instead of him getting rowdy, instead of him rebelling against God, Paul continues to do the work of God in prison. He says, I'm, I'm, I was called to this. I don't care where I'm at. This is who I am. I was called to this. Listen, there's something even in that for us this morning. Somebody listen to this. When your plans don't go the way you thought they would, when the doors aren't opening quick enough and you're forced to stay where you are right now, when you feel stuck and God isn't doing what you thought he was going to do, when you thought he was going to do it, how you thought he was going to do it, don't turn to other idols. It's, it's stay on mission. Stay on mission. Don't, don't, don't say, God, I prayed twice, so now I'm going to go light a candle to Santa Barbara and see if she could do something. Oh, 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 oh. Don't go there, Pastor. Don't, don't say, God, I prayed to you twice, so that didn't happen, so I went to the tarot card reader, so she, she could tell me something a little quicker. 
Don't get me started. So, so anyway, Paul was beaten three times. Listen to what Paul has gone. He was beaten three times with rods. I don't know how many of you got beat with rods, but it sounds like a bat. It sounds pretty like a, not a lot of fun. Beaten three times with rods. He was given the death sentence by stoning. So they stoned him and left him for dead once. He was whipped five times with 39 lashes. The, the, 40, the 40 lash whipping is supposed to kill you. So they gave him 39 each time. Five times. He was, he was shipwrecked twice. And when Paul refers to that, when he talks about it, he calls it light afflictions. It's, for, it's for, this, for your glory, God, that I go through these light afflictions. You and me, we get caught in the rain and we cursing God. Why, God? Why couldn't you hold back the rain ten more minutes? I would have been inside the house. Now I'm wet. Now my, why'd you give me this curly hair? My hair's frizzy. God, why? Right? Tell somebody, stay on mission. No matter what happens. Amen. And so, and, and, and just so you know, the, the Bible doesn't tell us all this stuff about Paul and David and Abraham and all, because they're these super spiritual heroes. They're not. They're regular. They're gracias just like you and me. They're regular men, regular women just like you and me, only they decided to stay on mission. Somebody say amen. amen. Paul is just a brother who's been forgiven much and hasn't forgotten it. You and me, we get forgiven much. I talk to people all the time that God like that has forgiven them and accepted them from all kinds of backgrounds. Anybody say amen? amen? But then when they get forgiven and they come to church twice, then they get self-righteous. Then they start talking about other people. Oh my God, but this brother, he thinks... But Papi, weren't you the one that just... Didn't you just do six years in the... Didn't you just do a six-year bid? Why are you talking about that guy for? Paul's just a brother that's been forgiven much, and he hasn't forgotten it, amen? So let me give you some of the, an idea of some of the stuff that Paul has, has seen. This one time we read in the book of Acts, chapter 16. Paul was ministering. He was out ministering, chapter 16 of the book of Acts. He was ministering, and this lady with the spirit of divination started following him around. And she was, understand, when somebody's possessed by the spirit of divination, they're a fortune teller. People ask me all the time, well, how are these fortune tellers, these tarot card readers, how they know so much? How they're able to tell me all about my past and tell me that I got $40 under the pillow in the guest room? How are they able to tell me that? There's a spirit, there's an evil spirit that, that operates through them. Those are the ones that are not just scamming you. There's an evil spirit that operates through them. And, and so this, this was a picture, just so you understand, for those of you that are asking those questions. This, this lady followed them around and she kept just... She, she could only tell what she saw, and she kept saying, these men are servants of the Most High God. And at first, that was probably cool. It was like, yeah, look, even the demons tell everybody who we are. That's pretty awesome. But then for two days, she's following them around. These guys are spirits, are, are, are men and women of God. They're leaders. They're, they're the ones, they're here to tell us. And she kept talking and talking and talking. And Paul decided after two days, I don't need the enemy to acknowledge who I am. So Paul turns to her and he says, Callate! In Jesus' name, come out! And so the spirit left her, and so then she didn't have the ability to fortune tell anymore. 
The spirit left her. Listen, if, if we prayed on the Long Island medium and laid hands on her, she'd have to cancel the show. Oh, oh, oh come on. So, so, so now she could no longer, and she was a slave, so she was making money for her masters. Now she can't make no money. Now everybody's tight. Everybody was upset. They came against Paul and Silas, and they beat them. <clears throat> and the word says in Acts chapter 16 that they were beaten and stripped and thrown in prison. But that particular time, something different happened. Acts 16.25, it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. And they started singing hymns. Can you, can you imagine that for a moment? And it says the prisoners were all listening to them. Imagine that. They were stripped naked, beaten with rods, and, and like they were destroyed. Imagine this is a mob hitting you with rods and beating you and ripping off your clothes and attacking you. So these guys are bloody. These guys are hurt. These guys are bruised. They are banged up. Their eyes are probably swollen. Their blood, there's dry blood everywhere. Now they're shackled. So understand, this is not penitentiary where they give you a pillow and a blankie. This is shackles. They're shackled hands, shackled to the wall, uh, arms shackled to the wall. Cold, these are cold, hard metal pressed against all the cuts and gashes and open wounds. And, and they're just there. And, the, and, and, and I, I can imagine the scene. Paul and Silas. Hey, hey, Paul, you all right? Yeah, man. I'm good. I'm alive. How you doing, Silas? I'm alive. Well, thank God. Thank God we're alive, right? Yeah, yeah, praise God, man, we're alive. Praise God. Yeah, man, God is good, right? Yeah, God is good. Amen. Yeah, praise him. Praise God that we can live another day. And, and the praise started turning into worship. And, and so the pra- when you start to praise, you start to worship. And so these two are bleeding, banged up, silent, and they start worshiping. And the word says the prison, all the prisoners heard. They're like, what are these two fools talking about? And they started hearing. And, and so they're shocked. And they're worshiping. And the word says that here, here in, 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 in 26, it says, and suddenly the ground shook. I mean, you know, worship shakes the atmosphere. And suddenly the ground shook and the foundations of the prison were shaken. The, these shackles were attached and bolted into the foundational walls. The foundations were shaken and it says immediately all of the doors broke open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Side note, worship loosens bonds. Side note, not just your own but those around you. I should just sit down. So, so this time, Paul was released, and, and, and if you read the rest of that story, it's an awesome story, you'll find out that the warden and his whole family gave his heart to Jesus and was baptized the very next day. See, when you see God doing things like that, you have to either say, I'm with it or I'm against it totally, but you can't say it doesn't exist. Come on, praise God, somebody. Paul knows the truth. He knows that God can release him. He knows that God has the power to bring down walls. So it's not a question of can he do it now that he's locked up. Paul doesn't allow the time to be idle. And so it's in this mindset that he writes to us 
that he writes to the church of the Ephesians, the Colossians, and, and, uh, and the Philippians. Those are his prison epistles. He wrote all those letters when he's locked up. And he writes to us and he says, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Understand, Paul is not saying, Suck it up, buttercup. Just, you know, muster up strength. No, no. Paul is saying, Be strong in the Lord and in his power. Normal man can't endure that stuff. Normal man, average man, we, we get enough, man. Too many things that straw finally and we go and we give in. But Paul is saying, don't rest on your strength. Be strengthened in God. Strengthen yourselves in the Lord. Now, Paul spent so much time with Roman soldiers because he was always getting beat and he was always getting arrested. There was other times that we read in the scriptures where he was arrested and they were so worried about his, him escaping that they would shackle him to other soldiers. So he would have to sleep with two Roman soldiers shackled, like attached to him. So Paul became so familiar with the, 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 the outfit, the, the soldier, the gear. He became so comfortable and so close to every part of that armor, every part of that, that armor of a Roman soldier that he eventually started speaking about, he started seeing the spiritual illustrations connected to that armor of a soldier, amen? <clears throat> and so he uses this armor as an illustration, speaking about the spiritual battles that we have as Christians and followers of God. In, in another letter, he writes to the Corinthians, he says, we live in this world, but we don't wage war as this world does. He says, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we're able to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Wow. Jesus says in John 8, if you hold to my teachings, you're my disciples. And then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Paul is using this illustration. He's saying, when you know the truth, you have to wear it like a belt. You, you got to get this, man. This will change your life and your walk and who you are and everything you do from this day forward. Say amen. When you, when, you, when you know the truth, when you get a hold of a truth, you, Paul is saying we need to wear it like a belt. He says, stand therefore having fastened the belt of truth. I've, I've shared some of this before with you, but we, we got to get this, okay? So Paul says the first thing we need to put on is the belt of truth. If you look through Ephesians 6, if you put that back up there for me, the first thing he says we need to put on is the belt of truth girded around your waist. And we put on this belt by reading and by hearing the word of God. By, by hearing, by hearing testimonies, by, by remembering all the times that we were in bad situations and God came through. Anybody have a couple of those? Just a couple? Anybody? Anybody? Can anybody say, listen, I should not even be sitting here with you guys. I put myself in so many bad places. I've had so many close calls that I shouldn't be sitting here with you guys today. So, it, so putting on the belt is remembering all the times that we were in bad situations. And God, we, we read these stories in, in, 
And in and, and the word, and we read about God's people, like Josh and Lee were sharing last, last week about these guys going, going through the wilderness and, and all the things that God showed them, all the miracles. And then every time they come up against a hard part, they complain. And it's easy for us to read and say, but, but bro, you just saw God do this, and you just saw God do that, and now you complain because you're thirsty? Like, for real, bro? And, and it's easy for us to look at that and say, you are so dumb. You are so dumb. But we do the same thing. We, do the, we live the same way. God is, brings us through amazing things. We see amazing testimonies. We hear amazing testimonies. And then we, you know, it rains on our day. And we're like, God. Right? And we, we, we're the same exact way. We, 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 we go back and do the same. Paul is saying to be able to stand, we have to wear this belt of truth and wear it like a belt that holds everything up. We need to read the word, hear the word, and wear it. Amen? Because listen, every day we get hit from lies. We get hit with lies from every angle. Every angle. Anything you read, anything you pick up, the news, anything you watch, the TV shows, always pushing an agenda. Right? Everything we all around us, always pushing agendas, always feeding us. If we don't have the truth, then we'll get hit from every angle and not be able to, to understand. And before you know it, you start to think, yeah, maybe I did come from monkeys. Wait, science hasn't been able to prove that yet, but still, so many people talking about it, there's got to be some truth to it. And then you look at a monkey and say, yeah, man, that looks like my cousin. Maybe it's true. Right? And, and so if you don't have this, if you don't say, no, man, I was wonderfully and fearfully made. I was created before I was even in my mother's womb. You knew me, God. If you don't have the awe of God and, and just the fascination and, and understand, then, then we start to believe every, every lie, amen? Listen, I think one of the main reasons that people fall away from church is because they don't got no belts on. Because listen, if you have your belt on, you don't care if sister so-and-so doesn't like you. If you got a belt of truth on, if you, got, if you wrap yourself in the truth of God, you don't care if that whole crew is talking about you. Who cares? You know what God says about you. I got it on. Check it out. I don't care what you say. Right? And then, and then if, if you really get spiritual, you can look over at the crew that's talking about you and you see them walking around, maybe with the helmet of salvation on, but in their spiritual drawers. No armor. No truth. And then it's funny. <laughs> then you look at him and go, <laughs> my man talking all tough and he got Mickey Mouse drawers on. Look at him. You know I see those? Because when you have your belt on, you don't care, amen? You already know what God says. The belt is such a great imagery because the belt holds everything together. Paul is saying. Think about that. What, what, Listen, as a matter of fact, this belt, give me a picture of that belt. Do you have that picture? These belts of truth usually had these tassels hanging from the front. Why do you think they had tassels hanging in the front? It was to protect their private areas. Hi, hi, hi. My wife's looking at me like, be careful. Watch it. Watch what you're going to say from this point on. Think about that. What if we allowed the truth of God to cover our private areas? 
I'll leave that right there. <laughs> now let's look at the wording. Paul isn't calling us to enter spiritual warfare. Paul isn't saying go out and pick a fight. You have to get this because I don't want you leaving here the wrong, with the wrong attitude. Because it's easy to look at this soldier and you want to walk out of here and start punching the devil in his mouth everywhere he looks. And somebody looking at you, you say, you're not a Christian? Bah! And you just get, you get crazy. That's not, that's not what Paul is saying here. Paul isn't calling us to enter spiritual warfare. He's just stating the fact we're in it. There's a battle. There's a battle all around us. Amen? So this guards us from having this unhealthy, arrogant, I'm going to whip the devil's butt today attitude. Listen, we're called to serve the Lord. We're not called to chase the enemy. Do you get this? I'm not going to go into some haunted house looking for demons to fight. I don't know how bold you might be, but I'm not stepping in like those stupid paranormal shows. Hello, is there any spirits here? I have this little flashlight and I want to see, is the spirit here? No, no, I'm not playing that nonsense. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Now, when the enemy comes up against me, I'm going to stand my ground. Amen? And that's what Paul is saying. Now, you don't go chasing. I'm not like a demon hunting sweatshirts and I'm going around slicing demons. No, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Along the way, there's going to be attacks. And there's going to be battles. And I'm going to stand firm because I got the belt of truth on and the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Come on. <coughs> I just want to be where God is moving and I'm going to stand steadfast against every enemy attempt to deter me. Amen. Let me, let me, as a matter of fact, let me expose something to you real quick. The enemy's three greatest weapons, because if you know this, you already know where you're coming from. The enemy's three greatest weapons. Number one, deception. God didn't really say that. God doesn't, he doesn't really, God doesn't really care about you. God isn't listening to you. God doesn't know you. Deception. Number two, temptation. Do this and you can be like God. Do this and this will be better than anything you've ever felt before. Temptation. Number three, accusation. He's the accuser of the brethren. The enemy will always speak to you till you can't make it. You are a loser. You are, you're not going to make it. You were sinning yesterday. You messed up last week. You messed up before you walked into that church. Don't try to think you're somebody else. It's always accusation. Deception, temptation, and accusation. I'm not sharing this with you to, to, to get you into fights. I just want you to be able to stand with the belt, the belt of truth. Amen? See, because you are in the battle. Somebody, right? Say, amen? Coming to church today was a battle. Some lost. Right? Look at the empty seats. Somebody, some lost. Worshiping this morning was a battle. Some lost that. But thankfully, those that went in covered and loosened the bonds of those that couldn't. That's why it's so important to be in the body and be in the church, even when you don't feel like it. Because sometimes I can't worship, but my brother's worshiping, my sister's worshiping, my worship leader's worshiping. All of a sudden, I'm starting to get loose. Amen? I didn't come here coming to worship, but now I'm feeling, I'm starting to get loose. Oh, man. All right, I'm almost done. I'm sorry. 
Understand, with this type of armor, the belt is what holds everything together. Without a belt, the breastplate that protects your heart and your vital organs, it would have nothing to be held down with. And so the breastplate would flap. This, this breastplate, without the belt, it would, it would flap. And so in battle, when you turned around, when you were moving, no matter, there would always be open spaces where you can get killed from. The belt holds the breastplate in place. Without the belt, the breastplate would not be held in place and there would be no place to carry your sword. Oh, come on. So without the belt, where there's no truth, there's no covering, there's no protection, and there's no weapon. Isn't it ironic that we have a generation today that doesn't know where to put their belts? Let me sit back. Whoa, 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 whoa. When you have your belt below your privates, you're defeating the whole point of, listen, I'm not attacking a culture, I'm just showing you a picture. I love you guys, I'm not, you know, if you hear sagging, don't feel uncomfortable, that's you, man. You do you, it's all right. It's not just kids, there's 40-year-olds sagging, that's the kind of thing that gets me a little crazy, but anyway. But if, but, but if the belt ain't in the right place, it's not covering, it's not doing what it needs to be doing. Think of it in the spiritual. I don't care about fashion. Think about in the spiritual, amen? When you gird yourself up with the truth, you don't even entertain the lies. You don't have to entertain the attacks, the discouragements. They have no power. We demolish arguments and we take captive every thought and we make it obedient. With the belt of truth on, we're able to sing to our circumstances. Oh, man. So here's how we're going to close today. I want to hand out some belts. Some of you are looking at the ushers like you're really going to get belts. I'm not Ellen. Everybody goes home with a belt today. You're not going to get physical belts. I'm going to hand out some spiritual belts. So he said, oh. I thought we was getting Gucci's up in here. <laughs> and listen, don't worry. These belts that I'm giving you is one size fits all. <laughs> Somebody thought that was funny back then. <laughs> Nathaniel, give me that. Give me the, Give me those. Put a list of those belts up. I want. I want people to see it and hear it. Nathaniel's right here, so he's not going to be able to do that. You're the man. You're the man. <laughs> Let me give you some of these belts that are going to come up in a minute. The truth of God. You guys can give me some organ music and just make it real. No? All right. Oh, he's coming? All right. Let me give you some belts real quick, and you can catch them later. We'll put them in the bulletin. You got them. Here's, here's some of the, the truth and some of the belts that I want you to kind of just take. Just listen for a moment and, and kind of just listen and receive. And there's going to be some that are going to really resonate in your spirit. And there's going to be some that you needed to hear. And there's going to be some that you needed to put on on top of the ones that you already have. But, but I, I want you to just get these. Amen?
So he, he, here they are. The, the truth is, we can never be separated from God's love. Romans 8.39. Wear it. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1. We who are many form one body. We have wisdom from God, 1 Corinthians 1.30. Our labor is not in vain, 1 Corinthians 15. We are a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The old has passed away. <coughs> we become God's children. Somebody needed to hear that, man. You, you, you've been put aside by your parents, by your father left, your mother left. You, you're on your own. You were abandoned. God says, now you've been adopted in. You become God's children. You are no longer an illegitimate child. We have every spiritual blessing, Ephesians 1, 3. Put it on. We have the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 1, 7, John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he is, he is, he is faithful to forgive you. Amen. I'm that excited too. That was good. You pinched them right at the right time. We have every spiritual blessing, Ephesians 1.3. We have the forgiveness of sins, Ephesians 1.7. We were also chosen. We are for the praise of his glory. We have been seated in heavenly realms. We have been given incomparable riches of God's grace. We who were once far away have been brought near. We are built together as a holy building. We may approach God with freedom and confidence. Boldly go before the throne room of God. We are light. In us is the light of Christ. We are light our joy overflows, Philippians 1. All our needs are met according to his riches and glory. We are holy and faithful. Somebody needs to hear that because you say, man, I haven't been faithful a day in my life. Listen, that's not who you are. The word says you are holy and faithful. That might not be what you're practicing. God says you are holy and faithful. Listen, listen. Adam's sin made us a slave to sin. Christ's righteousness made us slaves to righteousness. So you are holy and faithful. All things work together for our good, Romans 8.28. We will rise from the dead. We have been given the promise of life. So, so, so church, tighten your belts this morning. And stay on mission. Worship team, you guys can come up. Let me close with this real quick. I, I, I know this is my second closing. I know. Who's counting? After the belt, the next piece of armor a soldier puts on is the breastplate. Can I get that picture of the breastplate? Oh, come on. I don't have time to cover the breastplate. Let me just say something real quick about it and we'll be done. The breastplate was usually made of copper or bronze or chain mail, covered in leather sometimes. 
The purpose of the breastplate is obvious. It's to cover all of the main organs, all the vital organs, namely your heart. <laughs> Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it are all the issues of life. When the word talks about the heart, it's talking about our emotions, our thinking, our mind. So many Christians get lost in the battle and they get wrecked because they haven't worn the truth like a belt and they've left their heart open and their mind open. The, the New Age movement, that's their main preaching. They say, open your mind and leave your minds open so that the enemy can come in, so that you could be empty and wrecked. See, when you don't have truth wrapped around you, your enemy... Your background, your friends, your culture, they'll cover you in theirs. The breastplate was designed for your protection. And unlike the sword or the shield, you don't have to do anything but be in it. Tell somebody, be in it. You just have to have it held in place by the truth. Now watch this. This is amazing. Watch this. Watch this. The breastplate gives the appearance of strength it gives the appearance of a strong chest even if the soldier doesn't have one watch the breastplate gives the appearance of a strong and powerful core even if the soldier doesn't have one the breastplate is intimidating to the enemy even if the soldier inside isn't. Watch, watch, watch. Watch this. Why? 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 Why is that so? Why is it? Even if the soldier inside is not strong, why does the breastplate appear strong? Even if the soldier inside doesn't have a strong core and a 19-pack of abs, why does the breastplate appear to have that strength and have that power? Even, even if the soldier inside isn't intimidating to the enemy, why, when he's behind the breastplate, he's intimidating to the enemy? You want to know why? Because the breastplate of righteousness is not a picture of our righteousness. It's a picture of his righteousness. <laughs> I love that picture, man. When Paul says put on the breastplate of righteousness, he's not referring to our good works and the good things that we do in our righteousness. He's saying put on the righteousness that was paid for for you in Christ Jesus. Righteousness means right standing with God. We can't earn right standing with God. It's a gift of grace that God gives us. My challenge to you this week is to check what truth you've wrapped yourself in, if any at all. And then start to put on the truth of God and the right standing with God. Put on the righteousness in Christ. And you know what else the, the armor does for you? Have you ever seen, if you see one of these guys in full, they walk with a confidence. They don't walk with their heads down, their shoulders drooped. When you put on armor, you walk with confidence. You walk strong. <laughs> Isaiah 32, 17 says, The fruit of righteousness is peace 
So there's a peace inside. And the effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. When you put on and walk this way, listen, I don't, I don't want to see you guys walking defeated anymore. I don't want to see, if, 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 if you see somebody in here that was here today, remember, because this message is for you. If you see them walking defeated, if you see them walking depressed, if you see them down, tell them what you got on, man. What are you wearing? What are you, and then give them a belt to wear. Say, you are the righteousness of Christ. And then lift up their shoulders. And then put on the breastplate. And then tuck it into their belt. And then give them a, a, a sword of the Spirit. Give them a scripture to stand on. When we give somebody a, a, a scripture, we're giving encouragement. We're putting courage in them. We're giving them weapons to put in their sword, to put in their belt. That's who we are. That's what we're called to do. Can we stand? Come on. Oh, I heard the metal clanging. I hear, I hear the metal clanging. Come on. Oh. <laughs> Woo!